You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the SLC Punks podcast. I'm Hansen James. And this is Milo. And another week of waiting for the jazz season to come back. It's going to be soon, though. We're in beginning September, which I can't believe. I mean, I say that every month. I can't believe it's already September, but it's it's September again. It's literally and September. And, and it's literally September. Training camp starts this month. I I am. Uh, I mean, I've been watching Big Brother. I watch a lot of Bachelor this summer. I've been doing anything I can to tie myself. I've, over. I've been really into MasterChef. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that's been my summer th- summer thing. I got a Nintendo Switch. I um, logged into Elder Scrolls Online. I have a a character named Ulf Vord, which means Red Wolf. And and now you guys know how much I miss the NBA. <laughs> so it's it's got bad. I I started pottery, <laughs> underwater basket weaving. I somehow know all the names of the Real Housewives. Yes, uh, but at, but at this point, I, I you can taste it, you can feel it. Jazz players are coming to Salt Lake City. I mentioned that in one of my downbeats. It's it's coming close, guys. And so we want to do a really fun podcast today. We're going to do something that may or may not hurt my feelings, probably will. But we're going to rank the importance of jazz players in terms of winning next season. And I had to make that clear because we're not ranking in terms of who you would pick this if you is had a definitive to. list of who James likes and doesn't like <laughs> only James. No, it's not. If, if any jazz players listen to this and I know they don't, but if you do, please don't hold it against me, please. Cause really all I want is to just be best friends with the jazz players and go eat s'mores in Mill Creek Canyon. So please don't pay attention to what I say today, but it, but I am correct as well. <laughs> but Excellent. Anyways, <laughs> we have a few news and notes items that we wanted to get through, and then we're going to go into the list. So first off, uh, we've got a few extensions that are going to be coming up this year. And Tony Jones from the Salt Lake Tribune reported that Rodney Hood extensions have started with the Utah Jazz. Any thoughts on that, Milo? So um, th- it's, it's interesting because uh, it seems like the Rodney Hood extension talk is, is coming up. Uh, it's almost a similar situation as Gordon Hayward was in. Um, when he was coming up for an extension, he had, there, he had shown some flashes and, and he notoriously had his, um, odd and even years of shooting. Um, so if it was, if it was an odd year, it was good. If it was an even year, it was bad. Um, and so the question was, well, is he going to be able to be a consistent shooter? Is he going to be a consistent player? He's really up or down and you, and, and sometimes you're not sure who you're going to get. 
and he had found himself in and out of the starting lineup. Hmm, sound familiar? And uh, and so now we're going up to, with Rodney Hood, and with Rodney Hood, we have some. We there's an there's an additional case with Rodney Hood of um, a little bit of um, an injury history. Now um, it's not significant, like you know Derek Favors holding himself out for quite a few games, but it is um, a case of where he if he gets like he there's many times and many times is like you know three to five, but still he would be rocking and rolling. For a first half, and then he's out for the rest of the game with uh, with, with a knee or a back or, or, or something else. So um, it's going to be interesting. Um, so leading up to uh, his contract extension, the the rumor is that next offseason, it's going to be a soft free agent market just because everyone's cash strapped. No one's going to be able to throw that surplus money at, at Rodney Hood. And the teams that can throw that money at him might not be in the situation of where they're wanting to go all out um, competing. And so, because yeah. right now there's only 10 teams that are um, under the sour cap, actually uh, under the luxury tax. And now there's actually, no, there's 11 now, I think, because um, the Portland Trailblazers uh, stretched, um, did a stretch provision on uh, Andrew Nicholson. So... So they just squeaked by. So teams are just trying to eat their way underneath the luxury tax, let alone have cap space. So what Utah might say is, hey, we're already cash strapped, um, but we're willing to show that investment in you, but we're not going to go full on max. We, we're not going to, we're not going to do a, do a max because honestly, you're not going to get that on the market. Well, and I, th- I think Rodney Hood has a good situation here, and we've treated Rodney really well. He's earned his spot as a starter. The Jazz haven't really screwed around with his minutes and, and, he started, and his he confidence. Got, he was a starter early in, early in his career, too. So Yeah. My, my personal guess is that he does sign with something. I don't think it's going to be exorbitant, and I think he'll be happy. He doesn't seem like the type – I mean, I you hear little things here and there about him wanting a big-time thing, and – I don't really see that from him. I could see Rodney just meeting the Jazz somewhere in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. That's my prediction. Uh, the uh, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he signs? I, I think he's. I think he would be smart to sign an extension now, not because yeah. of like well, you know you don't want you know it'd be a shame if you were to sign an extension later on type of type of thing. And that, but I don't think this Utah Jazz front office is the same front office that was like telling. Gordon Hayward to go out and find his deal. This front office is very proactive in showing commitment to the players they want. If they want that player, they show that that player the money on the dotted line as a sign that they want them there. Which is yeah. which is a, which is different than Kevin O'Connor, which is a more prove your worth. They're willing to pull the ten cows from Ohana type of <laughs> type of paying. Shout out to our Utah listeners that understand that reference. And yeah, hey, hey, uh, Dennis Lindsay can spot a ten cow wife because he's turned like he spotted ten cow wife with Rudy Gobert if, if he ever did. Right, and, and and so I think he'll he'll be able to do that. Now, now does that sometimes mean it doesn't pay off? Like in Alec Burks, yes, but Alec Burks' contract isn't terrible. It, and it, Alec Burks had a lot of injuries and mm-hmm. things, and you know, and pr- one thing that I think with Rodney Hood too is. We all know, and it's not something we talk about a lot, but Rodney Hood, I think my 
hallway ghost just opened my door. But uh, anyways. <laughs> Get out. Run for your life. I'm not kidding. The door just – that was weird. But anyways, I think we all know that um, Rodney Hood has issues with anxiety and stuff that actually kept him out of games and things. I'm, I'm just scared. I shut the door. <laughs> No, no, Grammy just went to shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to shut the door. So my door behind me, like literally, like you have to like forcefully shut it, and it like, and <laughs> is it opening behind me? No, no, I'm just, no. I'm just messing. Oh my with gosh, you. I'm not kidding. My heart is a little. <laughs> oh, that just, door does not open. Just like bro. it does not open. Oh, that's oh, that's good. <laughs> Anyways, anxiety. <laughs> Rodney Hood's lot missed had, like it like he's had games where he's literally left the game because he went and vomited from his anxiety and stuff. And I I think just it does him well to be in the right state of mind, get his contract taken care of, and then he goes into the season and probably plays much better. Then rather than going into the season having to play like he's proving himself. Just my thought. It's yeah. probably over. Yeah, I think I think that would be that would be a, a a better situation for him. And there's there's also you know just the expectations of, I mean, any person when they start a new job you or or a new setting you you put it's not so much the expectations that others have on you, it's the expectations that you put on yourself. Speaking as somebody who has anxiety, um, so yeah. uh, so that that would be that would be some something that um, if. Once you are in a more stable situation, those, those feelings are able to go down. As, as far as Dante Exum is concerned, that's going to be an interesting case because you have Dante Exum, which is a big case of, of what if, you know, what if, uh, what if he hadn't been hurt? Where would he be now? Um, what is he going to be? If, if this happens, what is going to change? Uh, so, um, and really, <laughs> The Utah Jazz, uh, I bet you they're probably going to him with a pretty humble offer, um, as for a, for a contract extension. And I, I don't know if, you know, you can't really blame them for that in, in some parts because they, they have to look at, well, you know, we, we have two, you know, uh, if we're being honest, um, underperforming years when he is healthy. And then we have, we have one, uh, we have one season where he's, where he's hurt. And so, and so there's been a lot of good things said about, um, about him in this off season. Um, he's, he's been posting, Instagramming his, his, his training journey, um, quite a bit. And I'm sure we'll find some really cool things that are going on during, um, you know, during these, these open, open scrimmages that are going on leading up to training camp that we, you know, might hear. But as far as him, it, it might not be that the Jazz don't want to sign him. It might be that his camp is going to say, well, let's just play this out and let us prove his worth that he's worth a little bit more. Yeah. And, and, and I agree. And, and, and the hard thing is that, you know, they have Ricky Rubio as well. And so they're going to, they're going to be playing this out and be like, okay, well, do we need him? Is what is he? So his, his situation is a lot more fluid. So that's probably why he's not going to have a, have a deal get done 
immediately um, mm-hmm. with, with this. It would be nice if, if, if he does take a deal. He could take a team-friendly deal, um, all of what Alec Burks did, because um, Alec Burks was up and down, not really up to his own fault, but Tyrone Corbin. So uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I do think Rodney Hood, there, uh, an extension deal gets done with him. Because yeah. both sides yeah, and, are pretty motivated on that. And you're right. It does Dante good to just play out the season, see how well he does. He might right. play great, and I expect him to, honestly. Uh, other news and notes is Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors have been active on Twitter, uh, throwing a little shade at the idea that they can't play together. Uh, um, I think it was Prodigy on internet, on, on internet, on internet, on the, on Twitter that posted a video of Rudy nice. Gobert pa- passed with all his assists from last season and Rudy posted like, uh, all his offenses is dunks, which by the way is the most annoying argument in the world that I hear from people. If you can dunk it, it's the best shot in the NBA besides the three pointer. Yeah, that's that really bothers me. That's like that's one half of of seven seconds or less. How terrible big. to have a seventy percent field goal percentage. How you're terrible. You're either at the rim or or shooting a three. Like that's that's seven seconds or less basketball. It's like you you can't be mad about the 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 other half of that shot. And and the other thing too is Rudy Gobert is a very good, very good defender. Um, I will say though. To give them to to uh, play a little devil's advocate, there was a reason why even when Derek Favors was starting to look like he was better, that he wasn't on the on the floor at the same time as um, as Rudy Gobert, and it wasn't because of spacing on the offensive end, which a lot of people were like pointing, be like, "Well, he can't space the floor." It was spacing. It was it was not spacing on the offensive end, but being able to follow all those quick fours. And to, yeah. and to play that. And he just didn't, and, and he didn't have the athleticism. So that's going to be the, the biggest key for them being on the floor is you can stand to be a little bit down in the offensive side when Derek Favors is right playing defense at the four. But if he's not, then that's, that's why he was playing the five was he just wasn't quick enough to be able to stick with those fours. So yeah. that's going to be the key. And if he, and we've seen that he's lost a lot of weight. He looks a lot better. Let's just hope, fingers crossed, that Favors can keep that weight off and stay healthy because we are all rooting for Derek Favors to be the Derek Favors we remember. Um, we'll just quickly touch on this, but Gordon Hayward dissed Jazz fans. I don't care what Boston media says, uh, but he said that somehow Boston fans know more about basketball than other fans, other in quotation marks being jazz fans, I'm guessing. I don't know how anyone else could take that any differently. That's just, just hard. It's, it, 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 I mean, if you're, t- if you're telling your, your new girlfriend is just like, you understand me better than anybody else. And your ex is like within earshot. Like they're going to take that as a slight. And I so, have a quick, so it's just, it's just like, Come on, man. And, and I know, I, like, we all know he, it was unintentional. We all know he's trying to be complimentary of his new fan base. Like every, every player does. Like every player comes to their fan base and is like, this is the best fan base in the world right here in Saskatchewan. Like, yeah, whatever. So, so we get that. I get what, what he's doing. I get he's <laughs> trying to raw, raw, raw. And there's some guy who just, like, who, because uh, I wrote an article for SLC Dunk, and he's like, he's probably crying when he's saying this. Um, and, uh, no, we, no, I, we, we all know what it is. But at the same time, it's just like, dude, 
just think before you speak, just for five seconds. Like, you know, in this press conference, and it's your first real press conference in, in from Boston Media that wasn't over a phone. Exactly. And you got to think. And I'm sure their PR guy went to him and was like, okay, everything is going to be highly scrutinized. Every, there's going to be media in Utah who are going to be picking this apart. There's going to be national media who are going to be picking this apart. I'm sure Mark Bartlestein, his agent, went to him and was like, just so you know, this is how it's going to look. Let's just let's think of the optics because we want to make sure that, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like, you, you know, you have this, like, you know, boy next door image that we're trying to maintain and blah, blah, blah. And he goes up there and he's just like, Boston, he could say, Hey, Boston fans, you know, they really know their basketball. That's this, that's really cool to, to have a fan base that is, that knows their basketball. And, um, and, and then say, I had a, I had a fan base, you know, back in Utah who was this very same way. And it's just really great to be able to go to another fan base that just knows their stuff. There you go. You were able to compliment Boston fans and you're able to not have a quote that gets blown up on Twitter. But instead of that, he's just like, you know, has to just put in that tagline. It's just that last little bit. It's just that last little bit. And, and that's what everyone jumps on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess, I guess being able to post a lot of shamrock emojis on Instagram makes you a smarter basketball fan. I didn't know that that's what does it. Oh my god! But gosh. just posting if I have shamrock to see that emojis. one more time, like every single, every single time, like. When when um a, a Boston troll gets mad at the SLC dunk account, like they they'll first argue their point, and usually it's 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 you suck, and and I'm I'm not saying this I guess is Boston that's why fans. It's Salt Lake City. I'm not saying this is Boston fans. I I totally get that it's just Boston trolls who are digging and looking for a fight, like. Like it, 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 it's. I know it's the worst of your worst because they're looking for they're they're looking to punch down instead of punch up. I get it, but at the same time, like every single one is like, "You suck." Gordon Hayward sucks. Rudy Gobert's awful. Who you know? You, only white players played in Utah. Meanwhile, you signed a white player. Don't I don't get that argument. And and then then after they've lost all arguments, they're like. Well, how many championships you got? And it's, which is like the the boss fight of trolls, where it's just like you have to you have to sh- because if you don't have championships, you can't talk about basketball. It's like, oh yeah, my, I saw my team does not have a banner. I must not know anything about basketball, or as if that really means anything uh, in regards to the Gordon Hayward trade. It, it's so, it, it, yeah, and 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 Boston fans, I know that you guys are are, are smart dudes. And I'm not saying, like, if you're looking at jazz fans being mad and you're like, why, why would jazz fans be, be mad about this? You know how mad you guys are about Ray Allen who left you in the twilight <laughs> of his career? Exactly. It's okay. not prime Ray Allen. Yeah. It wasn't prime Ray Allen. You got you a didn't little have... prime Ray Allen. You got like a little bit of that. And, 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 and but you guys let Gordon Hayward have Ray Allen's jersey. That's how miffed you were about it. We had Gordon Hayward for seven years, guys. We kind of liked the dude. He was kind of good for us. So just let us be miffed about this. You guys are still miffed about Ray Allen who left for like the last couple years of his contract to Miami and you guys are, are miffed about us? Please. Well, imagine if Paul Pierce left right, uh, before the big trade happened for Garnett and Allen. 
that like I'm sure you wouldn't be annoyed at all if Paul Pierce decided to just leave you guys. I'm sure you'd have been all pleasant and happy and, this, and this cordial is, on and, Twitter. And this is peak. This is peak because I don't think a lot of large market fans get this. Because they'll flip, some will flippantly say, well, you know, you just got to get over it. That's because they're coming to you. And if you lose out on a free agent, you never really had them. You just lost them to another big market. If you're a small market, if you're a small market fan, you have to, you have to fear that at the end of that seven year extension, you're not going to have your guy. Like already, us, like there's jazz fans who are, you know, saying, Hey, Rudy Gobert is always going to stick with us. Well, we don't know that. And I guarantee you when, when his, when his contract is, is coming up, all of us are going to be paranoid as hell that he's oh, going yeah. to be out the door. And, and Luck. why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? We have years, years. We, I, when we've, uh, seen Darren Williams start to talk, you know, internally that he was going to leave and the Utah Jazz chipped him off before that could happen. Carlos Boozer left us. Um, uh, before then, Carl Malone, he decided to stay, but it was like this very drawn out thing of th- that he was going to leave, leave Utah. And most people didn't expect him to resign. Why? Because it was small market and it was Utah. And just like mm-hmm. I'm sure Portland Trailblazers fans are going to be paranoid as all get out, even though Damian Lillard says all the right things on Twitter and he, and he does seem sincere. I'll give him that. But the, you, you're a small, when you're a small market team, in the back of your mind, Portland had LaMarcus Aldridge. We had Gordon Hayward. Like Orlando had Shaq. Orlando it's had just... Shaq. Like every everyone if you're a small market team, you just expect your star to be gone. Like there's more news about Anthony Davis going to Boston than Anthony Davis playing next year in New Orleans. With DeMarcus Cousins. With DeMarcus Cousins. You that's that's crazy. And that's the small market thing. That's the small market thing that every small market team has to deal with. There's more and part talk. of it could, well, part of it could be that we. I'm sick and tired of Boston getting every news item, and every little Boston media guy gets a bigger voice than everyone else too. Because these, I don't know what these Anthony Davis to Boston things well, even it, are. Yeah, and and, and even, it's just them thinking about it. Even on SB Nation's uh, sister site, uh, the Celtics blog, um, they even said that, like when the Anthony trade rumor, Anthony Davis trade rumors came up, they're like Anthony Davis is rumored to go to Boston. Because of course he is. Like yeah. they, they even know how ridiculous it's sounding at this point. That because it, it, Danny Ainge said something to to somebody, and that's and then right. yeah. And so it, it, like it is what it is. It is what it is at this point. And um, but yeah. So, so did, did Hayward screw you, Gordon Hayward? Yeah, yeah. It just at this point, it's just like, come on, just be a little bit more sincere. That's all we're like. Gordon Hayward, I don't believe, hates Utah. I don't believe they has shade towards us. But it's just, it, what is frustrating is just, he just fumbles the ball in, like, just like he did with Utah. He fumbles the ball in crunch time. Like, he just, mm-hmm. it, 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 it just is, you know he's not meaning it that way, <laughs> but at the same time, you're just like, come on. Just, just think, just for a second. So, now with that said, Let's get here to the coup de gras. I'm really excited about this. So we have decided. Should we start 15 to number one? No, we're starting 17. All seven. Uh, oh, 17. Yes. Oh. Oh, hold on. We might, James, James might have to, to hurry and 
Yeah, I want two way. I want two way. I want Eric Griffin on there. Royce O'Neal, Joel oh, Ballin boy. All right, we might have to start, and you might have to start with your seventeen. Okay. To see, uh, I, I I'm gonna start with my because I got sixteen. I've got sixteen. You, you I might be missing somebody. Did you forget like uh, Tony Bradley? Got Tony Bradley. Tavo. Got Tavo. Jonas. Ep- yeah. Howell. Royce, I I, Eric, Griffin. I got Eric Griffin. Who are you missing? Ingles, Johnson, Gobert, Hood, Rubio, Favors, Exum, Udo. Got him. Burks. <gasps> it's Alec Burks. <laughs> oh, that's going to mess up your ratings so much. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hurt Alec Burks' feelings right now. Okay, so I'm going 17. 17 um 17 all right you're good so this is so we are doing this from least valuable to most valuable to the 2017 2018 (laughs) season okay so okay so least valuable to most valuable we're also running this on your on our site so you can vote um and we're just going to just process of elimination um we're helping you, you we're asking you guys to help us do it so that we can blame you when people are mad at us so it's <laughs> yeah. all about culpability, people. So for my seventeenth, uh, we're, we're you know we'll start this out seventeenth, least valuable. Joel Ballenboy. I agree. That's who I put at seventeen. Joel Ballenboy. Joel Ballenboy. And the reason I, I I put Joel is so in limited minutes when he come in kind of in garbage time, Joel Ballenboy actually looks good. He looked he decent. Looked, yeah, you were like, hey, this kind of, and it almost kind of felt a little bit of Rudy Gobert, Paul Millsap, not in the fact of like, wow, they're going to be great, but that they just did what they were supposed to. Well, uh, they looked like they could be an NBA player. That's all you can ask, you know, um, when, when somebody's coming in in those garbage minutes and as a rookie, you know, being drafted that late. So, um, I, I, I thought that was great, but in summer league, Joel Ballenboy just looked lost. He looked terrible. He, he looked bad. He just looked bad. And he, and it looks like a guy, like, he had the most to gain from this. He really did. Because they hadn't, they hadn't signed Ekbe Udo. They were looking at Udo. And, and, uh, I, I bet you if Joel Ballenboy, you know, balled out of his mind there, they would have said, you know what? We have a guy, maybe he's a little bit undersized, but he can, he can play defense. And he couldn't, and, and even defensively, he, he was, he was missing the role, man. He was struggling in the pick and roll. He just struggled. And he looked small. Yeah. And he looked small. And, 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 uh, and maybe that was because the first game we saw, he's playing against Zizic, uh, yeah. who's just a giant man. But even then, like, he, it just, he just struggled. He just struggled. Yeah. And I, I, like, he, uh, I was hoping that maybe because we had seen in summer league or not summer league uh, with the stars that he had kind of shot pretty well from three uh, and it just didn't look like it has translated. I don't know why, but that hitch in his shots just is still there. I'm rooting for Joel Ballenboy, but I actually don't think he's even on the team next season. No. So, uh, yeah, because they still got to parse this down. Uh, they got to part. They got to lose one person because uh, uh, and that brings us to number 16. I had Eric Griffin. I also have Eric Griffin. Um, now I will say the reason I put him as 16, I do think he, I, 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 he looked great. He looked really good in summer league. 
he had great athleticism. He was he, he was uh, you know looking for his teammates. He just played within played within himself, and he had some amazing highlight dunks. Man, he's a high flyer. But um, I honestly think he's going to be probably the most valuable player for the Salt Lake City Stars uh, next season. But he's he's going to be a reason to buy tickets. He's fun to watch. He's really fun to watch. Uh, but he's not going to get much time with the uh, with Utah Jazz unless um, something goes seriously wrong with the Jazz next season. So yeah, I like him. I mean, he's got that athleticism that's really impressive. Uh, he's friends with Donovan Mitchell already, which is kind of going to help him out. I don't know if it means anything, but he also, I mean, honestly, watching summer league, he was a guy that I had no idea who he was. Never heard of him before in my life. But he had four or five plays that literally get you going, who's number 17 or whatever oh, he is? Who that is monster, that guy? He had that double clutch yeah, dunk and destruction yeah, of the by rim. Halftime, by halftime of that game, people were like, that Griffin guy. That Griffin, I like him. Yeah, that Griffin. <laughs> well, who's Griffin? We're like, where is he coming from? So, yeah, so he's, he's definitely um, – he could be another uh, uh, G League find. For, for the Utah Jazz, uh, much like Joe Ingles. Um, so yeah, let's let's hope he's the next Simmons for the Jazz. Number fifteen, I have Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. I have Tony Bradley. You have Tony Bradley. Okay, so I have Royce uh, just because I think Royce is um, he he could be cut. Um, also, uh, like say say Utah wants to get down to fourteen players on their on their on their active roster just so that they could move one of their two way guys. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Royce O'Neal has a chance of 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 being cut. But you, James Hansen, tell me why you have Tony Bradley. Well, uh, so I have Tony Bradley at fifteen, mostly because I first of all I think he's got a lock to play. He's a lock to be on the roster next year. But I don't really think he plays all that much. I think the Jazz have Derek Favors, who may slip at times to the backup center, like he typically does. And then we have FK Udo, who I think is actually going to play a lot of minutes at backup center. I really don't think, I mean, unless there's injuries and things, I just don't think Bradley makes it on the floor very often. Because I think Bradley's got the body to do really well, and he's got he's shown signs at Summer League to be a, an effective NBA player. But I just think Summer League is a lot different than the NBA. And I think that it will do good to just have Bradley in practice and be with the team and take a year or two to kind of figure it out. Because I think, honestly, a part of it is just because of how valuable I think FK Udo is. I think FK Udo is going to be a very underrated signing, in my opinion. He's going to be a low-cost, highly productive backup center. And so I just think that hurts Bradley or Tony Bradley a little bit. Now, um, what's interesting is if the Jazz keep uh, Royce O'Neal, I do think he's spending a lot of time with the Salt Lake City Stars. So, yeah. Um, another, and Tony Bradley, probably going to see a lot of time. He probably goes back Sa- and forth a yeah, little he's bit. Yeah, he's going to be back and forth. Um, number 14. Who do, who do you got for number 14? Number 14, and I, this is, and I don't know, I have Alec Burks at number 14. Really? I thought you were just Royce O'Neal. Okay, well, number 14. I, I like Royce O'Neal. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I, I have number 14, I have Howell Neto. How? 
Okay. Yes. So <laughs> how this old Neto at fourteen? Fourteen, and this is my reasoning. I don't. Don't think, tell Rudy that. Don't I, no, tell no, Rudy. no. How, how I love how I love his game. <laughs> I I stunned for the guy when he when um it, it was Trey Burke and him in in summer league when they were first drafted, but I don't think he gets on the court because of Alec Burks because I do think they're going to be showing him off for trade value. Um, Dante Exum and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I, yeah, it's hard I, to see him getting on the floor. I just don't see him getting on the floor. So, um, so as far as like what he's able to provide Utah, I I just don't think he provides friendship. He provides <laughs> friendship. He provides uh, Brazilian friends. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> female <laughs> Brazilian friends. Um, he's a. Uh... He's a great guy too, by the way, and he's, I'm sure he's good in the locker room. Uh, he's how old Neto is like. Uh, he's like the perfect wingman. You like this guy? Like he probably goes up to girls and is like, "Hey, uh, you see my see my man over there." <laughs> he probably man? says it in Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. He says, "See my man." Points at Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert <laughs> just signals back. He's like, "He's been keeping an eye on you." He says, "This drink is yours." <laughs> like, he's probably he just, like the perfect wingman. Well, he's he's good at getting assists, so he is. He's a good assist guy. So, um, so fourteen Burks. Who do you have? Yourself. Oh, and you had how? Oh, I, that's right. Him. I have Alec Burks. That's right. I have to back yeah. up my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I I have had my relationship. It like just when I think about Alec Burks and talk about Alec Burks. It's been like one of those crazy college relationships you have where like one day you just love this girl and then the next day you're like, what is going on? Can you stop it? And I think me personally, I'm finally ready to just break up with that crazy relationship. I I just don't think at this point Alec Burks is going to pull it together. And I know some people talk about the injuries with Alec Burks and that he's, you know, Paul Pierce is a, a jerk and you are a jerk, Paul Pierce, for what you did. That's lame to cheap shot someone in midair. That's just a dirty play. But, but Alec Burks honestly has just never been able to figure it out. He makes shots harder than they need to be. Like I never see an Alec Burks shot and it never seems easy to me. Well, they always seem hard. Well, yeah, it's just always seems incredibly hard. And I think it's just like he, it, I think Alec Burks is just unable to understand like taking the easiest or most, path of least resistance like alec burks is like he's never been on a on a hiking trail he likes to bushwhack that mountain and it's like just get on the trail it will be a little easier and so that's why i just i don't know if alec burks is even even able i don't know if his i don't know what it is but he's just never and so that's why i just think alec burks that's fair i hope he i hope he proves me wrong but i just i don't know if i see it so, for number 13, moving on from 14, yeah, I have Tony Bradley. And I have Tony, Tony Bradley Brad- because I was impressed with him in, in Summer League. Now, he, it wasn't like, he wasn't flashy like Eric Griffin where he was just like, wow, that's a dunk or whatever. But what I was impressed with with Tony Bradley is he knew where to be on defense. And, and why I put him ahead of, of those guys and kind of on the, on that squeaking into possibly a rotation every once in a while is 
Quinn really values guys who know where to be on defense. That's that's one of that's Quinn's biggest mo. He it doesn't care if you can score fifty a night for him. He is going. He will. He will sit you if 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 you will not play defense or if your name's not George Hill. So that's <laughs> that's, that's or why, or uh, Shelvin Mack as yeah. well. And and I also think Tony Bradley is going to be a guy who's who's going back and forth between the Salt Lake uh, City Stars and Utah Jazz. But I also think halfway through the season he will have, um, probably by by All Star game he will prove his worth and he won't be back. Um, with the Salt Lake uh, City Stars. And I well, do think he is going to be needed if Derek Favors has um, has injury troubles. That's true. I agree. Well, and he did prove over Summer League that, I mean, he approved over Summer League, which is a good sign, which means he probably takes coaching really well. So yeah, really good listened. signs from Tony Bradley. Mm-hmm. So who did you All have? Right. At 13, I have Royce O'Neal. Ooh. Guys, hey, I'm telling this. you. Explain your love. I'm telling you, the way we kind of talked about Eric Griffin is the way, if you go look at grainy YouTube clips of Royce O'Neal in Europe, they look really, really impressive. He has, if he you, has, if, if you can confirm it's Royce O'Neal. Yeah, if you could tell what number he is. But he, he has this athleticism. He has this length. He dunks on people. He can shoot the ball. Like he can shoot the ball, guys. And he, he's got European, uh, experience. So we're not talking about a rookie here. We're talking about someone who played really well in Europe. Uh, we saw how well Joe Ingles did when he came over. I'm, I'm thinking that, I mean, Dennis Lindsay signed him to a three year contract. I think the first year is the only year guaranteed. So I think that Dennis Lindsay believes in this guy. And when you watch his clips, you know, there's things to be excited about. Do I think he's going to be anything more than maybe like, eventually maybe a ninth or tenth guy probably not but he can be a guy that come in comes in plays great defense and can hit threes and so i i just think he has some value i he might be surprising let's hope okay awesome so for number 12 who you got i have haul netto okay the wolf the wolf i i I think like you said i don't know how much haul is gonna play just because of how many guards we have we're we're pretty guard heavy which is something we're not all that used to. Uh, but uh, we've got, like you said, Ricky Rubio is solid. We've got Dante. Donovan may play some combo guard and point guard because we know that Howell can't play shooting guard. He's just too small. Um, so it's just going to be hard for him to find time on the floor. But we do know that Howell Neto can be a productive player on the court when he's called and he can hit threes and, and he can be a pesky defender and, if you put him in for eight to twelve minutes, it's it's usually fine. Yeah, so. that's the hard thing with with Howell. If you look at most everybody on the roster, they can guard multiple positions, and unfortunately for for Neto, um, he can't. He, he yeah. He's 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 a traditional point guard on offense and on defense. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that works against him. So for number uh, number twelve, I have Alec Burks. Mm. And, um, I have him here because I think he's going to get minutes because that you need minutes to be able to show that possibly he's better. I, I also think Utah does, is holding out some hope that hopefully he, he, he's, he's good. 
Like when he, because <laughs> yeah. when he was right, there was a point before all these injuries started where it really looked like he was putting it together. And, mm-hmm. and he was the only guy, and this is including Hayward. This is including Favors. This is in, including Cantor. He was the only guy who could go, just get to the rim and get buckets. He could get buckets. And, and, uh, it, it, and part of me still wants that to happen. Like, there was three years straight in NBA 2K that I, I purposely tried to make Alec Burks my leading scorer and, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and pimp up the corner pimp. Like, yeah. Like, it, it just, it, it's just sad. Like, Alec Burks to me is, a, if, if it doesn't work out this year, his career is a tragedy derailed by, a little bit by Tyrone Corbin, because that would have meant his best years were wasted watching Josh Howard just uh, fail. Um, uh, so that, that, that would hurt me. So for number 11, number 11, I have Jonas Jerebko. Okay. These next three are kind of interchangeable for me. For 11, I have Tabo Sevalosha. Tabo. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. So, um, so I have Jonas just because he's going to be, he, he's basically a situational guy. Like you bring him yeah. in, uh, to stretch the floor out and when Joe, uh, and when Joe Johnson needs, needs a breather. Like that's, mm-hmm. That's basically Jonas Jerebko, um, for there. So he's going to get maybe like five to 10 minutes a game. Um, he, he might get more once again if Joe Johnson or, or Derek Favors gets hurt. Um, but he's, he's just going to be a complete situational guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 uh, like Jonas Jerebko. I think he's actually an underrated pickup for the Jazz. He, we might see. It kind of just a lot of Jonas Drebko's value will be based on Derek Favors' health. Like yeah, Derek Favors, Favors, and then Joe Johnson might get scheduled rest too this season. He's getting well, up and there also, in age. do we really want Joe, Joe Johnson starting games too? Is is what I'm thinking. Like, if Favors is hurt, I wouldn't be surprised if they just plug in Drebko and yeah. just keep Joe Johnson with his off the bench role. Uh, I have Tabo at 11. Uh, really, nine, ten, eleven for me are interchangeable. Uh, I really like the Tabo Cephalosha pick. I think he's going to be great as a backup wing, whether it's playing two, three. I don't know if Tabo plays the four, but maybe. But as just as a backup three who can come in, play great defense. Right. And he, another situational player. Yeah. Plug him in. He'll play. You know, he'll be a fantastic defender. And if he hits threes, then he becomes quite a pickup. But I don't know if he's proven the last few years he can consistently do that. So we'll see. Uh, number 10, I have FK Udo. I do too. I really like FK Udo, the FK Udo pickup. I think he's like, we're talking our 10th best player. So this means he's a rotation player, a backup big, uh, he'll back up Rudy Gobert. It'll take some of the load off Derek Favors. I think having FK because you can play major minutes with FK on the backup. Like you could see FK playing 20 minutes a game Yeah, with behind, U- behind Rudy. Yeah. Udo is, um, I, so this was hard for me. I, I, I kind of wanted to put him higher. And so I, I could, know. like, he, I have him listed at 10 and by mid-season, we might be like, man, he is the, like, the seventh most, sixth, seventh most valuable guy we have on Utah because if, if he plays the way he did in, in Europe, all of a sudden, 
Utah has 48 straight minutes of elite rim protection. Well, he was a Euro MVP. Yeah. And so if the, that, that is a nightmare because for, for opponents, because before they could say, well, once, once Rudy is out, that is where we're going to, we're going to do our damage. That's, that, that was Utah's weak spot on, on, on the defensive end because all of a sudden it was like, you had Jeff Withy sliding over there or you had Derek Favors sliding over and it, 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 and it just wasn't the same. And, and, uh, it, it, it just, it, you know, it, it opened up the floor a lot more. Rudy really shrinks the floor on defense, but, and so, so Udo can do that same thing. So he, exactly. So he could be, he could be a, a, a lot more, especially if there's, if there's any injuries. And it's crazy as a youth, as a jazz fan, especially after the last two years, we don't like speak of injuries. Like if there's going to be injuries, it's like when they, no, come, there will be. Yeah. There will be. <laughs> winter is coming. Like. <laughs> Like we, we we expect it. We just we just know it's going to happen. Um, yeah, and well, and one one other thing about FK Udo is Rudy Gobert is going to be the reason we're a top five defense. FK Udo might be the reason we jump up to number two because that defense continues throughout the entire consistent. game. Yep. Yeah. Rudy gets you there, and FK will keep it going. So uh, for number go nine, ahead. who do you got? Oh, I got uh, for number nine. I have Jonas Jerebko. For number nine. Number nine, Jonas Drebko above FK Udo. And a lot of this is based off of Derek Favors because I feel like Derek Favors' injury is just some a reality for the Jazz. I love Derek Favors. I want Derek Favors to play well. I want Derek Favors to be healthy. But what I've seen the last two years is what tells me that Favors is going to miss 10 to 15 games at least this year. And we're going to be relying on Jonas Drebko in those games when Derek Favors is sitting out. And Derek Jonas Drebko has proven to be a, a good player that he can mm-hmm. like it, it sucks if Jonas Drebko is your starting four, but if it's because of injury, it's not the worst thing. He he's a good defender. He can hit threes. Uh so there's a lot to like about Jonas Drebko, and I just think his value comes because of he's adding depth at the four, which we need. And and Joe Johnson is aging. So you can't just put in Joe Johnson all the time. So this 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 one kills me. Um, I put Dante Exum. Oh, oh yeah, I put, I put Dante Exum number nine. No. <laughs> so, oh. So I have Dante Exum at number nine. You have Tavo above Dante. Exum. I do, okay. I do, because I do think I I do think Cephalosha is going to get. Um, no, this is this is my I'm putting mo- my my most valuable. In in the thinking that the Utah Jazz have a playoff team, because if they don't, Tabo's uh, you know Tabo's not getting these minutes. But be because I do think Utah has a playoff team. I think Cephalosha is going to be a key piece to that. Because uh, here's here here's a list of people who are in the Utah Jazz's division: Jimmy Butler, Paul George. That's true. Like you. you they have two. T- there's really two really tough covers just in the Utah Jazz division. Then you also have Kevin Durant, who's in the Western Conference, and you, um, you know, you have you have Kawhi's out there, Kawhi and James Harden, and so uh, and and Harden's going to be back to shooting guard, but still, you're going to need somebody to be able to you know to cover that. And Cephalosha is he just is a really good defender, and so Dante Exum, 
I think he's going to have a great season. I think he's going to be amazing. Uh, but I think as far as value is going to be concerned, like I think Dante Exum is going to play great for 20 to 25 minutes a game. But I think, I think Thabo is going to be the biggest key for making sure the Jazz don't get lit up. Um, so, and that I just changed one line. <laughs> so, sorry. Um, so, uh, but, and, and then that goes into my next, to number eight, which is, I had Cephalosha. I had Cephalosha. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet it's Tavo Cephalosha. Yeah, it's Cephalosha okay. at that point. So, um, Cephalosha, I just see Cephalosha, he's going to get 20 to 25 minutes a game. He's going to be, and, and I could see, I, I, I think I've said it before on the podcast. Um, I could see, uh, Cephalosha being a starter. Um, possibly in the, in, for in, similar to how he, he started in Oklahoma City. He's there just to make sure that the, the score on the other team. So whether it's Paul George, Butler, Durant, Kawhi, McCollum, whoever just doesn't get into a rhythm. And then you mm-hmm. bring in, then you bring in the guns and you bring in Dante Exum, Joe Ingles, uh, Rodney Hood. Then you bring those guys, guys in there. Um, so, or he might be that guy where you just say, go, go, go in there and you have six fouls. Have, 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 have the time of your life. And so, yeah. so that's why I have him at number eight. Number eight I have, and this hurts my own feelings, but I have Dante Exum at number eight. I I think both my eight and seven have a chance to change dramatically this year, but I I feel like Dante Exum is our backup point guard. Uh, I part of why Dante is at number eight is I just feel like Donovan Donovan Mitchell has a chance to be really special this year. Do you have Donovan and at number seven? I have Donovan at seven, but yeah, I have Dante too. Exum I have at Don, eight. Donovan at seven as well, but. Here's the thing about Dante is I actually think Dante has a chance to really earn the starting point guard's job this year. He has a chance. If he shows some of the things we had hoped for that he finally has a chance to do, there it could be really interesting this year if Dante Exum starts balling and he has his contract coming up and maybe the Jazz say, you know what, this is the point guard of our future. We're going to give him a contract and we find a spot for, for Ricky Rubio. But as of right now, that hasn't been proven yet and so this year is going to be really fascinating with Dante yeah I I think I think that's a good point because um with uh with Dante um you really like the the door is open this year and and not in the fact that the Jazz are saying like basically giving him the starting point guard position because that's basically what happened in the first year he probably didn't deserve to get it over Trey Burke they're both equally bad um, mm-hmm. but they gave it to Dante Exum because they basically said, I choose him. We're going with him. This is just going to be our path. Um, in that second year, he, it would have been his. They left it wide open. It was, it was going to be his. Um, but he was hurt. Yeah. Um, and, and it just derailed things for the next derailed. two years. And then at that point, the Jazz had, it, it was the scheduled gear shift to playoff mode. And it was supposed mm-hmm. to be with a, with Dante Exum having two years under his belt and ready to take the next step. Instead, it was him re, you know, rehabbing himself back into shape through the course of the NBA season, bringing on George Hill and, um, 
and Dante Exum rehabbing and getting back into shape was not going to be get out George Hill. What will be interesting is if Dante Exum plays his way into a starting spot, no one is going to say, well, he didn't deserve it or he didn't earn it. Like he will have earned it. And so mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what the possibility is. And if that's the case, if Ricky Rubio is coming off the bench for, for Utah, holy cow, what, and, and, and vice versa. If Dante Exum plays his way and it just gets the starting spot, all of a sudden the Utah Jazz just have depth and they, they're just ready to roll. Um, and Ricky Rubio's at a really good team friendly contract. And so that's not the worst thing. Yeah. There's just, there's a lot of options and the Jazz are solid at point guard right now. Yeah. And could be even better if Dante becomes great. All right. So at number seven, I have Spider-Man. I also have Donovan Mitchell. So this is just because we haven't seen him play yet, but I'm not kidding when I say I think Donovan Mitchell's a starter on this team by the end of the year. I think he just is going to be impossible to keep off the floor. I remember just be, you can just see it. You see the talent. You see the ferocity. His intelligence is through the roof. The work ethic is unmatched. I He's a leader. I think I think Donovan Mitchell has just everything you would want in a basketball player. If he was six foot six, he'd have been the number one pick in the draft, probably. Uh, so I, I, I just, he's, I just love special. Donovan Mitchell. He's, he's special. Um, I, and, and not special in a way where people were hyping up like, you know, some summer league pick who was okay. The thing that makes Donovan Mitchell special and, and I, I, I agree. I do think he's a starter at the end of the season. Regardless, is the Jazz are a playoff team or not? And I and and it's not so much his offensive ability, which is good. Like it's it's uh, for a rookie, it's good. But it's his defensive ability where he just is just willing to hound the guy with the ball. He has great great length. He's just figuring out how to use it, and he's just uh, he's just a film nerd. Um, we we heard a little bit about that when he was wanting to. Sit with the coaches and which is, which is way cool. So, um, he, I mean, you could, he, you could see, ju- you, you could see Donovan Mitchell getting two to four points this season just from steals and transition buckets. Like he's a, he's honestly a pick six type defensive player every game. And then his shooting is just, I mean, that jump shot is just pure. And so as Wet. just a pure, as Wet. just a pure spot up shooter, it is wet. It is. He is going to be. I mean, I honestly, I'll be surprised if he shoots less than thirty six percent from three, because the guy just works. The guy. I mean, he. I mean, he just looked so fantastic in summer league. And I know it's summer league, but he was shooting it from, you know, thirty feet. He was shooting like with range and with accuracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all reality, I think in two or three years he has a chance to be an all star. Because if he can if he can figure out that um, that pull up shooting game, it's over. Oh, because yeah. he finishes with authority. Uh, he it's, has the things fun. that you wished. He has the things you wished Alec Burks had. He just has such a knowledge of how to score at the rim, uh, when not to. He does. He has. I mean, he's just. I could not be more excited about Donovan. But in terms of next season, he is going to be coming off the bench to start the year. That's why I. And he's going to. Seven. And he's going to make a lot of rookie mistakes. Like there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of things where you're just like, ah, that does not work in the NBA. 
As yeah, he's going to go too fast for his own good at times, and and he's going to miss assignments and things like that. But, man, that talent is just it's so good. exciting. So, number six, I have my man, Joe Ingles. Oh, Joe Ingles. Joe I have Ingles. another Joe. You have, I have you a have Joe Johnson at number oh, six. Oh, okay. So, I have Joe Ingles, um, uh, the original Joe, the slow-mo Joe. Um, so... I, I I have Joe Ingles at number six, uh, and and honestly, you can have the Joes interchangeable. Um, Joe Ingles only in the fact that I do believe uh, he, while he's so important for spacing, for defense, and 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 all those things, he, I do believe um, Joe Johnson is just necessary for winning. Like Joe Ingles is is the guy, the glue guy who keeps everybody together, who fights and has a passion. But Joe Johnson is that guy who just comes in and just gets not just gets buckets, but gets wins. And the L.A. Clippers game in in the playoffs was a prime example. And also at the beginning of season, remember the game, the the that opener? first game where he scored like thirty points. Yeah, thirty points again. Like, and it was nothing. And and honestly. It, it it just it, man, it's so sad that he like he had to be on some bum teams because that Atlanta Hawks team was good but not really good. Mm-hmm. And like man, he he just gets buckets so effortlessly. It is just so much fun to watch. Yeah, but oh, I was gonna say I have Joe Johnson at six. So just to talk a little bit about Joe Johnson. First off, Joe Johnson is a really great guy. He goes, he takes his uh, son to school every day and plays basketball with all the kids at school <laughs> every morning before school starts. That would be kind of cool <laughs> to play basketball with Joe Johnson every day before school. But anyways, at, in terms of the jazz, uh, he uh, he's like we all saw, he is a valuable, valuable player. But I think I think Joe is honestly in the twilight. I think that we saw last season that when you play him too many minutes in like at a starter's role and things like that, he's just not at that level anymore. Ain't, an, ain't enough hot yoga to go around to keep Joe Johnson number. No. Hot yoga does not defeat Father Time. I think I think we see Joe Johnson play about 20 minutes a game, every game, off the bench. And I think that if Derek Favors gets hurt, instead of plugging in Joe Johnson, you plug in Jonas Drebko and let Joe Johnson have his very set role that he comes in and he scores and scores 10 to 12 points a game off the bench. You know, yep. and he'll play off of Rubio really nicely, play off of Joe Ingles, hit spot up threes and here and there do his little back down mid range floater game that he has. And and I think that's great. I think at number six, he's our sixth man. That's why I put him in number six. So, yeah. No, um, I, and then we, we basically got the six and five. So I have Joe Ingles and Joe Johnson, six and five, respectively. And you have Joe Johnson, Joe Ingles, six and five. No, I don't. Actually, what? Okay, at number five, so I, have I have Joe Johnson. Favors. What? Really? Really? Okay. Okay. Well, I have Joe Johnson. Um, just because, like I said, dude, dude gets buckets, gets wins. Derek Favors at number five. So, you, so. <laughs> I shocked you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I totally did. I was just like, this is just, it's, 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 it's locked in stone. Um. So yeah, Derek Favors. Why number five? Why 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 Joe Johnson well, over Derek Favors? I have Derek Favors at number five because he's going to be a starter for us. I mean, Joe Ingles. Think... Uh, you got Joe Ingles. 
Holy cow. I have Joe Ingles above Derek Favors. Okay. Yeah. I have I have Derek Favors at number five. One, because there were times last season where we had Derek Favors as a bench player and we still won a lot of games. And I want Derek Favors to prove to me that he can stick with fours on the floor. And I just don't know if Derek Favors can prove that yet. Because the things that Derek Favors provides on the offensive end are not good enough if he's not being that effective four on the defensive end. I get, I love Derek Favors and he can be a, just an absolute beast and he can get you a win like he did against the Clippers. We all know that, but the, the, the cog that gets this machine rolling is Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors kind of plays off Rudy. And, and, and part of it too is just injuries. I just want a healthy Derek Favors and we didn't have that last season and we still almost won 60 games, you know, so, uh, that's why I have him at number five. That's, that's, that's crazy. But the, the other thing though is, you know, thinking about that old core four, remember Alec Burks, Gordon Hayward, Derek Favors, and, and his canter, and we're like, hey, this is, this is our team. This is our, these are our guys. And to think <laughs> about, like, we had, we had Alec Burks, like, I had him listed at 12, you had him listed at 25 out of 17. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, 23. <laughs> And it's just crazy. So old habits die hard for me. I have Derek Favors at number four. He still has to be part of the core four. Core <laughs> hey, four. I hope Derek Favors is number two for us, honestly. Yeah. So um, I don't have him any higher because um, I do think I, – I, I think Ricky Rubio is going to unlock parts of his game offensively. But I do think he's going to have injury problems. Um, it, just what he, like, if you look at what he's dealt with over the, over seasons, whether, whether it's back, plantar fasciitis, knee problems, you know, like, these just, it just sounds like, you know, these are chronic issues that return over time and, and have, have been a recurring theme year after year. Yeah. And, and so at some point you just have to wonder if it, the guy's body just, you know, is just acting out against him mm. and and it, it and, and and to be fair he's still a young guy so he is young he's so, 20 what 25 26 yeah so so we could say hey maybe it's just he's just had bad luck and maybe you know in the next seven years of his career he doesn't have anything so mm-hmm. it, we could happen but as of right now the body of evidence doesn't say that i still think he's very important because there was a time two years ago that he looks like he was the utah jazz's best player better than rudy gobert better than gordon hayward um so so and much better than joe ingles like there yeah like you're saying like oh he was the guy he was and it was like it was Derek favors and then gordon hayward and then just the injuries happened Mm -hmm. and it's and you know, and things like Draymond Green happened and like the modern NBA is kind of running away from his game. So I just hope that uh, Derek Favors figures it out. So you have at five Joe Ingles. I have Joe I Johnson have at five. Joe Johnson at five. Okay. I have Joe Ingles at number four. That's who my number four is. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Only I, be- for him, him hitting like a dirty three right in the face of DeAndre Jordan, like he he's top four 
for a while because of that. Well, and I just think that his shooting is going to be so incredibly valuable for this team with a team that is going to struggle at at times on offense. I think having a 45% three-point shooter who can also handle and pass is going to be just so incredibly important for this team, especially with Ricky Rubio. So we're going to see a ton of pick and roll with Ricky Rubio, but to make that to have keep the defense at least a little bit honest, we're going to have to have some sort of shooting on the outside and Joe Ingles is as good a shooter as anyone in the NBA. Very important and, to that. Yes, huge. Um number 3, I got Ricky Rubio. So I got the the Ricky um, I do think, uh, the Ricky is going to be very important. Um, I love our favorite, uh, Lionheart. Um, so. The, he's got the beard. I hope he just lets that beard I, grow. I, like, so many of our commenters are like, I'm not sure what I think about that, ma- that man bun. <laughs> oh, get off my lawn. Like, while like, I put like, my hose sure on the I, lawn to water. Like, and I love, like, there's some commenters. There's, <laughs> I've seen this comment, like, three times by three different people. Like, people be like, oh, well, I couldn't wear a man bun. But if he wants to, like, that's like the, the like, that's, that's the barometer. Like, well, I couldn't rock that look. So I'm not sure about, like, really? <laughs> well, then wear your, dungaroos with yeah, your sneakers like, really <laughs> really come on i know I, I like no offense to like m- like you peak utah dad fashion but uh like let the dude have his man bun and this is speaking as someone who has a man bun so i am completely biased in this go ask the young young ladies at the office what they think of man bun and you'll just, be surprised just show a picture at the of, yeah just show them a picture of, of ricky at the free throw line about yeah you know, just like i, I it, showed a picture of him to some of the ladies at the office and the only word they said was uh damn yeah <laughs> that's, what that's what i said well like when i saw that like i was like damn that's, that's, that's good <laughs> So, He's making me have to work harder. Yeah. At number three, I have someone different. I have Rodney Hood at number three. Rodney. Okay. Yeah. No, I and, think. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I I uh I have Rodney Hood at number three because um he's going to be very valuable to this team in terms of just being one of our top scoring options. Uh, I'm still. I mean, I guess. It seems to me like everyone's just crowning him as our number one scoring option, and I guess that's probably the most likely thing. But I still, I I want what I want from Rodney Hood this year is for him to settle into what he's good at and to and to just improve upon those things. So I want him to be more of a spot up shooter and then just become great at that. Like if Rodney Hood can just become a forty percent spot up three point shooter, I'm ecstatic because we know that he can do some other things. He can drive in get his little over-the-top mid-range shot that he's good at. I'm, is he ever going to be this hyper-athletic dunk-on-people guy? Probably not. But I think Rodney really can be a great shooter if 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 everything comes together. That, so that's what I'm hoping for Rodney Hood. And I think he can be that. Yeah, and I have and I have Ricky there as, as number three, mainly because if Utah's going to make the playoffs, he has to he has to take a leap. And and so far in um and so Ricky's been playing in, in Euro basket. He's looked good, but the, the common concerns of Ricky and his, and his play are coming through where it's just like, eh, he's not really hitting threes. He's getting, he had five steals today. He had five steals. Now, granted, yeah. it was against Montenegro, but he had five steals, five assists, seven points. 
that feels, and that was in 20 minutes. So mm. that feels like a Jason Kidd line where, you know, you have like 12 points, eight, you know, 12 points, nine rebounds, uh, 12 assists and, uh, four steals. So that feels like a Jason Kidd line. So if that's, and that's oh. kind of, that's kind of what Utah's going for. They're not expecting Ricky to, to all of a sudden learn how to, sh- learn how to shoot threes at a 40% clip. They're hoping that they can get him around the 35, you know, 35 to 37% mark. It's 37, they're ecstatic and they call it a day. 35 and they're like, hey, we got what we wanted. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, so it's looking like they could possibly work with that. And especially with like, it's fun watching him with Spain because with Spain, they have two big men in Pau Gasol and Marc Gasol. And it's mm-hmm. fun watching what they're able to do with that. It's also fun. I need to watch that because it sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, now, one of the unique wrinkles is if Derek Favors can start shooting a, you know, that three at the top of the key, what they like to, what, what he did a lot of the times is they were doing that pick, uh, pick and roll with a dive with, uh, with Marcus Saul to, to the hoop. But instead of that, that dive, he would, fl- he would flare out and, and hit, hit that three at the top of the key. And Ricky Rubio would just like toss it behind his back, which just, it's just sexy. And yeah, I can just, uh, and, and, and with so, his man bun and the beard. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's the way basketball is meant to be played. And it was that, and, and, but they will have that option with Joe Johnson. They'll have that option with, um, with possibly Derek Favors. And then with Rudy Gobert, they just have a guy who he can, he can throw up, he can throw that ball and just tell him to get it. He, he 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 just has a longer reach than Carl Anthony Towns. It's similar to he has a he has a similar build like length as Marcus Saul, but he has better athleticism, so he can just go up there and grab it. So he's going to be able to have a lot of fun. And I don't think Rudy Gobert has played with a point guard that can just get him the ball where he wants it on those lobs. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be, that's going to be a really fun thing. So. Oh yeah. And I, I just think this offense is going to roll when Ricky Rubio has the ball in his hands. And I, that's why I have him at number two is because I just think that he is going to, he's going to make this machine run. I think Ricky Rubio is an underrated point guard. Is he a great shooter? No. Is he an all-star? Probably not. But he, he's a real plus minus darling because he just does all the things right. He'll get you. I mean, we could have ten assists a game from Ricky Rubio, and that would be a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah, no, it's it's going to be a blast. It's going to be an absolute, absolute blast. I I completely agree. So for number two, I have Rodney Hood. I I do think Rodney Hood is going to be a big time scorer this year. Uh, now I I do have trepidation saying that because of his injury history, uh, but if if that's not an issue, how he looked in November and December, I'm not, I should say October, November, beginning of December, he looked like a Phenomenal. really good player. And a lot of those games too, it should be noted that Hayward wasn't playing in them. Yeah. And, and, and he, and Hood was uh, the main facilitator. So that could lend itself to, to something great. The other great thing is Ricky Rubio is going to get Rodney Hood shots where he wants him to. Uh, Ricky mm-hmm. Rubio is just great at finding those, uh, finding his guys. So there were times at the end of last season I was just so frustrating with Rodney Hood because he would have 
open shot after open shot after open shot, and they were just clanging. And the biggest thing for Rodney Hood is he's going to get open looks. Both he and Joe Ingles are going to get open looks because everyone's going to be doubling down on Rudy Gobert this year. Rudy Gobert is going... He already didn't have a lot of room to work with in the paint, and it's it's even going to be even more crammed in there. So they're going to have open looks. So Rodney Hood has a chance to be a big-time score, scorer because he, he has a point guard that's going to be looking for him, and he's going to have the spacing. Is he going to be able to take advantage? I'm saying yes. I'm saying he's a big, big key, and I'm saying in his fourth year with a lot of focus, the focus that was going on to Rudy Gobert, and uh, and Joe uh, uh, and Gordon Hayward. See, I've already forgotten his name. I know. Um, can't even Gordon Haywood, I think. I yeah, maybe. So that attention is now being put on them in the off season on on Rodney Hood. So mm-hmm. I I think that's going to be a a big key to his development, a big change, and he's going to have a big year. I agree. He hasn't had a chance to play with a. I just that's why I think Ricky Rubio is such an important cog because at times we saw Ricky Ru, like Rodney Hood doing things that maybe he's not quite as good at. He can do them, but I don't know how great he is at it. He's not like a guy that can break down guys one on one. But when you have someone like Ricky Rubio who can get you that ball in those spots, get you the shots that he knows you're going to be good at, he can just make Rodney Hood the guy we hope he can become. I think. Yeah. So number one, who? Who could be number one on this team next season? The Stifle Tower, my man. <laughs> Godzilla. Yes. Rudy <laughs> Gobert. So Rudy The man Go- of the people. So Rudy Gobert is going to be huge for Utah. So he 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 talked like he was a man. I felt like there was a point last year where you were like, this is Rudy Gobert's team. And that was when he called out, whether it's George Hill, Gordon Hayward, who knows, uh, basically said there's guys who just want to get out get get points and, and and not play defense and and how the organization reacted was disappointing to me instead of being like you know what that's Rudy's right we got to defend we got to do those things you could that's why I still think I I totally think that those comments were about Gordon Hayward because George mm-hmm. Hill was just like oh it's just a little immaturity blah 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 I think they were stunning for their guy Gordon Hayward <clears throat> we'll never know, yeah. but we yeah we will never know. And the the organization coddled Hayward. Uh, Hayward's not going to get that next season, by the way. Yeah, but enough about Haywood. Uh, so, but Rudy, but those comments, I was like, that's this is Rudy's team. Like exactly, R- Rudy's calling people out, and Rudy's demanding excellence. And guess what? After that, because th- they were they were going through a rough stretch, and after that, they balled. The like, losing streak ended. I think mm-hmm. they were like they had lost like six of the last last nine or something like that. Yeah, and you did see crazy. it. It was just terrible. And so Rudy says that things turn around. And you know what? I I really appreciated when Quinn said, "You know what? He's kind of right." Like that was one thing I appreciated from Quinn coming out and saying, "You know what? He's not wrong." Yeah, and and it's true. We were losing, and those certain guys on that team were dribbling the ball out, not doing the offense and just trying to get a shot so they can get a contract next year. You're very lucky, George Hill. You got your contract, by the way. Yeah, so but, it, and and honestly with this team, you have a couple players who are in contract years, but I don't but they're not in the same like unrestricted free agency. They're restricted free agents. So 
Um, the only person you have is Derek Favors, and if he and and if he he's not going to be out there looking for for buckets, so to speak. Like I don't, I can't imagine like Derek Favors like trying to break somebody down off the dribble. Um, so so oh, yeah, you, you just have a motivated Derek Favors going into camp. So it, no, it is it's a great situation. So Rudy Gobert. Most valuable. Oh. He, he's he's a he, he's a defensive player of the year candidate. He's second team All NBA. He's an eighty eight in NBA two K. Should he be might higher. get he might get eighteen and fourteen next year. Yeah, it might be just crazy ludicrous numbers. Eighteen I, and fourteen. I, I still think he's going to average the same amount of blocks, just because he might be a little bit more worn out on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. But man, he is going to be putting up some big time numbers. He's going to get the ball where he where he wants it and even if he and and the gravity that is going to be caused by him on offense that's going to free up a lot of shots for his guys now whether they hit them or not is going to like his his ability to get to 18 and 14 is also tied to Rodney Hood Joe Johnson Joe Ingles Mitchell Exum spacing that floor mm-hmm. it is and, and Cephalosha like it yeah. is key is absolute key. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I like the lists. I think we're right. I think uh, I think we're definitely right. But if you don't think we're right, <laughs> um, hit up SLC Dunk. So every every couple of days, we're running a we're, we're running a post uh, where you can vote on. And by the time we get to training camp, you'll you'll have picked the list from least valuable to most valuable. So you can hate yourself for it. So hit that up. Uh, we're going to call it a night or a day, whatever, whenever it is. And, uh, check us out on, uh, slcdunk.com. You can follow us on Twitter at slcdunk and, um, on Facebook at slcdunk. Well, imagine that. You know, you can follow James at the good old Hanson James at yes. Hanson James. You can follow me at, at my underscore low, Milo on the Twitter. And then also catch us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to this. Check it out. Subscribe to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're probably going to be moving from SoundCloud soon because our 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 uh, compadres up there might need some cash. So if you could send some cash over to SoundCloud, so you can keep our <laughs> keep yeah. our podcast. You happen to be uh, uh, an angel investor. Yeah, they might be for and, sale, and, guys. And don't mind losing a lot of money. SoundCloud might be your thing. So in addition to that, um, speaking of donations, before we go and we'll close on this, um, we are running, um, I think it's an awesome thing. Um, we're, we're running a contest right now on SLC Dunk. Uh, 30% of all the earnings go to charity. Um, actually, they go to J.P. Gibson. Um, this, is, this is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I've you know, spoken with J.P.'s uh, father, Josh, many times, and and this is the second time with J.P. Gibson. And the thing is, that there's always an outpouring of love and support. Um, but one of the hardest things with this is just they, the bills just pile up. And, and uh, you know, there's been people who have graciously donated quite a bit, but uh, cancer is cancer. And it, and it costs a lot of money. And so um, we're doing our, our, our part. We have a contest going on. Um, we're doing it in conjunction with dietbet.com. You can go to SLC Dunk. You'll see our, our contest um, right there. Just click the link, and it'll take you to um, how to sign up. It's only 35 bucks, 35 bucks, and basically all you have to do 
It's just get in shape. It's our muscle watch. We're going to do this every single year. So this is so awesome. So um, it's going to last for four weeks. You put in 35 bucks. If at the end of the four weeks, you've lost at least 4% of your body weight, you can actually get your 35 bucks back and a little bit more. And your money went to charity. That's a pretty baller thing. Um, and we also have some awesome prizes. We're giving away some jerseys. We're giving a um, grand prize is lunch with the myth, the man, the legend, Jody Gennessy people. Jody Gennessy of the Deseret News. The muscle watch champion himself. And if you don't, aren't careful, he might just win the muscle the muscle watch contest by exactly. himself. You gotta beat so, Jody. Yeah. So uh, Jody's some stiff competition. He's cauliflowering it up like to the hilt. <laughs> so that's our show, boys and girls, men and women, dogs, cats, whatever it is out there. You guys have and Boston fans because we know you're listening. And even Boston fans. So you guys have a great, great weekend and. We'll catch you on the flip side. Talk to you later.